it's time for the Game Sports Podcast. It is your host, David McCaig Jr. The Game Sports Podcast is powered by 91 Network. That is 91N. Head on over to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe, and obviously make sure you check out all the great content the 91 Network provides. Of course, the Game Sports Podcast is on there. Now, let's introduce the co-host. Join us for this first segment of the show anyways, before I get into the agenda, etc. Firstly, going to Alex Parr, who is no longer in Sault Ste. Marie. He is in Ottawa, but he is joining us here today on this segment of the Game Sports Podcast. The one only Alex Parr. Alex, my friend, how's it going? I got lost today. I didn't know what was going on. You told me we were recording, so I assumed it was Monday. But look at me, making my Wednesday debut for this refreshed, revamped look of the Game Sports Wednesday, Podcast. That is right. Thank you for the reminder. I should have said mm-hmm. at the beginning, but yes, this is the Wednesday recording of the Game Sports Podcast. The other individual that you probably see on the screen, but if you're not on video and you're on audio, you don't see him. Maybe you sense his presence. But nonetheless, the one and only Dane Hantro, who is in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Dane Hantro, <laughs> how's it going, pal? I am currently here. Life is good. Uh, just uh, counting down the week till uh, we get some World Junior Hockey on Boxing Day because the NHL makes me want to pull my hair out. So, <laughs> And happy belated birthday. I know we said it last episode, but happy belated birthday to you. Speaking Thank of birthday you. announcements, of course, got to give a birthday shout out today to a friend of the show and Cole's friend of ours as well, Pat DeLuca. He also turning 32 years old, so a little... Clap. And of course, I want to give another celebratory birthday shout out that we don't do a lot on the show, but someone that I consider a second father and trained me in a lot of hockey. And as I look at the jersey behind me, that's the jersey I wore when he was training me at 6 a.m. for four years. The one and only Billy Conduro. I want to say again, happy birthday to Billy, but also Pat, Billy, happy birthday. Now, tonight's agenda for the Game Sports Podcast, this first segment, it is going to be a top shelf segment to most of its entirety, to likely the entirety of it. We're not going to throw any loopholes in there with myself, Alex, and Dane. Then, of course, we take a quick breather. And then for the second segment, it will be EJ, Russell, and Justin Heichel joining yours truly for the usual Wednesday in the pocket podcast, of course. Now, Alex, Dane, I'm going to get into the, the what we're going to talk about in this first segment. It's a lot. Okay, we are going to talk about the World Juniors. We are going to talk about some NHL news. We're going to get in some local love, and it ties into the World Juniors. There's a lot to get into in such a short period of time. Our time limit is 15 minutes on this uh, segment, so let's see if we can meet that time. Here we go as we get the giggles out of the way. I want to go over to myself first as I say that in an odd formation. I want to go to discussing the World Juniors, which is Dane's area, but I am going to talk about one player in particular and it's a local shutout as i mentioned and someone named owen allard if you would have tuned in to a recent edition of the game sports podcast dane was on there of course if you've looked at any of the social media uploads with any of the short clips you would have saw that dane had uh, an opinion about the world juniors but we did talk about in there with owen allard being named to the world junior hockey team for canada and he is a sous saint marie greyhound forward um and he is from ottawa speaking of where Alex is currently. He's not a local boy in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, obviously. Ottawa boy, as I just mentioned. But he does play for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And he is uh, been with the Sioux Greyhounds since the 2021-2022 season. Uh, and this season to date, Owen Allard has 29 games played. He has 30 points, just over a point a game. And he is big boy, six foot two, 200 pounds. 
you know, I envy that. I wish when I was playing hockey, I was that size. Uh, definitely going to be a good addition and a welcome addition to the, the Canada roster. And he is slated to play on the fourth line, per se, of that Canada team. We know that's a deep team that Canada has. And it doesn't matter what line that you play on. You're likely going to get some good ice time. You're going to be around a lot of good players. But I feel Owen, Al Owen Allard is going to give a good presence to that Canadian fourth line just from his size, his physicality, but his ability to put the pucks in the net. And for those of you that are NHL fans, I'm talking NHL EA Sports, NHL 24, I would like to consider Owen Allard, yeah, he has the snipe ability, I would say, but I would give him a lot of the close quarters type ability and somebody who can be uh, kind of shrug off the opponent per se down low in the corners really fight off grind down low but get pucks to the net and score in those dirty areas that's what he's really going to be able to excel at in this tournament uh, and with the players that he's playing with that opportunity will provide with them and when you are playing a third or fourth line role uh, in a type of tournament such as this a lot of the skill is up front and present and you don't want to go out of the way to make a hit and that's what Owen Aller does very good as well he plays that strong two-way game but he can score he does it all especially in the OHL with the Hounds but going to this level of hockey that has a lot of top prospects throughout multiple teams Owen Allard's going to bring that physicality to to the ice but also give Canada a little bit of an edge for somebody that could really set the tone on a shift but also score a goal in a shift and not be a liability on the ice and I you got to say guys what I will pass on over to you Dane is that it's good to here in Sault Ste. Marie for us to have somebody like a forward or defense doesn't matter even if it's a goaltender even a coach representing of course and i speak in us of course as i say in the game sports podcast of course uh, being in sioux state marie ontario with the sioux state marie greyhounds uh the to have somebody present in the tournament for the hounds is obviously a big plus for the community and it's always a treat to see a sioux greyhound that uh, is on the roster of uh, the world junior hockey championships canada or whatever team yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're, you know, pretty glued to the TV come World Junior time, you know, regardless if we have, you know, any guys, you know, from the Sioux or who play for the Greyhounds on the team. But yeah, it's always nice. And like I said, we've actually had, I think, you know, over the last few years, um, I mean, last 10, 15 years, really, some significant contributors uh, to the success of Team Canada who, you know, have donned the Sioux Greyhound jersey. So can only hope our boy this year, you know, maybe moves up from that fourth line up to the third line, has a couple, you know, good games early on and, you know, becomes a key contributor uh, to uh, the success of Team Canada this year. And I think this is really a team that, you know, we're, we're not looking at a very top heavy team. Um, I think, you know, the way Canada is going to, you know, have a chance to win this tournament is kind of grinding it out and getting contributions from, you know, all four lines. And I mean, you know, you're not going to ask your fourth or third line to, you know, be scoring all the goals but you know you definitely want them to be you know on the plus side of the plus minus there as they, you know most likely those guys won't be playing a lot of power play minutes so yeah that's uh and they're going to be killing penalties too right and uh, come world junior time special teams are important very very important right and you know how the international hockey goes and as the tournaments in sweden things are a little bit different some of the rules are a little bit different and yeah, and that and that sometimes costs some some teams. So again, special teams in, in in a short tournament too, right? You know, if you're able to get your power play and your penalty kill buzzins, you know, through your you know your your warm up games, whoever you're playing and your practices and your camp and stuff like that, 
that goes a long way, especially early on, you know, before teams can kind of mold and build that chemistry together. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm going to be looking at that for Team Canada. They really want to have success in this tournament and, you know, maybe show that they can beat the States. Again, Parr wasn't on the last one. And me and Dave kind of, you know, discussed that. We definitely think Team USA on paper for sure um, are the favorites for this tournament this year. Um, as, you know, we, we've lost a couple key contributors on the team that are definitely eligible to play this year, but they are playing NHL hockey. So, yeah, it's uh, it's like I said, it's good. I always love when uh, when we get a little Greyhound guy uh, playing for our team this year and wish him the utmost success for uh, Team Canada this year. So, Par, I'm going to put you a kind of a two-parter to you when uh, it comes to Owen Allard, but also Team Canada had a big uh, contribution, somebody that was added to their roster uh, this week. And I'll let you say um, I'll let you say who that is. I don't want to take all the thunder with the news break. But the first part of the question is, lastly, with Owen Allard, is he's undrafted. Uh, he is a 19-year-old. Uh, he can still get drafted this year if the tournament goes well and if he – does get drafted and likely be a bit in the later rounds, of course. Uh, maybe not. Maybe earlier. I'm not saying that in any kind of way to point out anything. But obviously, with Owen Allard, is it fair to say that he is kind of playing with house money a little bit here in terms of he doesn't have pressure? You know, he probably didn't feel that he had the 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 expectation to make the team. But hey, he's having a good season, right? And he's having a good year. But then you get the invite. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, I have a chance. That confidence builds. Confidence builds. It goes to camp does well so the point of the question is par do is he going into the tournament with no pressure or is he still going in with pressure and then of course uh, announce the big uh, addition that canada had to their tournament squad this uh, this week i don't think owen allard has had pressure like this in his life more so than right now i i know house money this guy's not drafted so he's going to be on the biggest stage of that any agent could dream for their client to be on. Because if you perform, and there's always a guy on the fourth line that will always sneak, sneak his way up to the third or second line. It's just like that exciting guy that they used to, to pump in a little bit more energy. Um, so I, I honestly can't say that Owen Allard, a kid that's going to be growing up, probably had attended World Junior Games in Ottawa as a kid. This is it. This is what every kid dreamt of growing up. Yeah, I think uh, what most hockey players will say that once the game gets started, it, it just goes back to just being hockey and that pressure kind of falls off of them a little bit. So hopefully that's the case for him. Um, in in the other regard, I was really hoping that I wasn't going to have to say his name because I don't know how to pronounce it. Matt po Potra? Portras? Portois? It sounds like Portras, but it's Portois. He's right. Yeah. For sure? Confident. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, anytime that a Boston Bruins player has to leave when they're generally a pretty good player, uh, big fan of that here. Uh, you know, he's posted five goals and eight assists this season. Um, it kind of caught me off guard. I don't know about you guys, the fact that Boston sent him back. He's been playing fine, but maybe they just feel like this is something good for his development. They probably know more than I do sitting here in the office. So um, it's great for Canada. I honestly think that, like Dane was saying, they were missing a little bit of that star power. They were missing that big, big name. And I think this might be as close as they get to it. But before I leave, let's give some love to R2 Karki. 16 goals in 30 games with the Greyhounds. Unreal. 
14 assists for 30 points, point a game pace playing for Team Finland. I think I think that guy is as legit as they come. And I think it's awesome that another Sugram is being represented on the national stage, even though it's not Team oh, I, I would imagine he'll be running their power play this year. <laughs> yeah, if exactly. I had to guess. If I had to guess. When Dan and I were at the, the game for the Joe Thornton ceremony here at Sault Ste. Marie, which was a memorable story in itself as I followed Joe Thornton into the bathroom, quote-unquote followed. I didn't follow, quote-unquote. Uh, but You said it. But Dan and I were even looking at Karki's uh, statistics at that point. You're like, wow, obviously we've heard about him throughout the year, and it's just it was consistent. Like, oh, maybe it's someone who's going to have a hot start, right, and tread down. But – Nope. <laughs> this kid is just going like this this entire time. And, and he's a Vegas uh, a Vegas pick. You know, the, the rich get richer with prospects. And it's those, that's what people don't understand. Yeah, that might be a steal. I'm, I'm sure they're very happy about how he's performing this year. Look, you look at the first round picks and you think, oh, wow, these players are supposed to work out. They don't always do, of course. A large chunk of them some, most of the time don't. But that's why people, when they make trades in the National Hockey League, those third, those fourth, those fifths, when they throw them in trades, like, ah, those just fill in picks. Fill, fill, fill those in. It doesn't matter. It does. Those late-round picks, you can find those diamonds in the rough. So there's been a lot. I don't even want to sit here. I'd be taking weeks to go through a list. But the ones that come to name right now, Karki's one. Nemula on the Toronto Maple Leaf system is another one. And if you want to go into the past, you can look at Zetterberg, Datsuk, late draft picks, right? It does. It's, when you have such a strong scouting staff and you pick these players, they deserve to get a little tap. On their, on their back in the good way, saying good job because Karki was a very good pick and he's uh, looking good. And then the Sioux Greyhounds, who are a top team in the Ontario Hockey League and a top-rated team in all of Major Junior in Canada, got Karki, you got Allard, you also got Makaro Barker on there, who's a Ranger pick, who hasn't done as good as people thought he would this year to this point, but nonetheless, it's still a very good team. And that's why here on the Game Sports Podcast, we talk all sports, all teams, and more so love in the National Hockey League, but we see the Sioux Greyhounds doing well or not doing well. There's been a lot of good players that have been coming through this system for many years. Heck, Wayne Gretzky played here, if you don't remember that, listeners. For those of you outside the Sioux, the list goes on. Allard representing Canada, hopefully it's a good push for him, but Karki is definitely one for the, the Greyhounds roster that, as Dane just said, will likely be running the power play uh, in Finland. But switching gears, uh, we've talked about the World Juniors a little bit. we got a couple points we want to get to before we take a breather. And then we're going to be talking football with EJ and uh, Justin and myself. Ottawa Senators. I'm going to go to Alex for this because you know why? Alex is in Ottawa. Alex gets to go to work in Ottawa, drive around, hear maybe the sportscasters that are in Ottawa. And there's been some change with the Senators. The Senators, DJ Smith, who was formerly with the Leafs in the assistant role, may I remind you, uh, and is gone. Jacques Martin is back in. And Daniel Alfredson, who was very good behind the bench when Ottawa was in Sweden, if you want to remember. When he was behind the bench, Ottawa did quite well. That is kind of almost going to seem like Jacques Martin is grooming Alfredson to be the next coach. It almost feels like a little bit, almost seems like a kind of mentor kind of thing going there. But Smith out, fans seem excited. Ottawa, this has been a team par. I don't even, if you want to touch on the coaching stuff, you can. It's obviously been pretty hot news in Ottawa, but it's not even just the coaching news. The team has not been living up to expectations. This year was supposed to be a stepping stone for them, maybe being a wild card. And this team's not on track. It's not. It can't. It's not showing or performing the way it should. I don't know about your expectations, 
but they're living up to my expectations. I have no idea why Ottawa fans thought they were going to be as good as they they exclaimed. Oh, we'll see you see the Leafs in the standings. Come talk to us in January. Yeah, yeah, okay. Honestly, I feel like the wind kind of came out of their sails when all of that stuff with management and ownership and losing those draft picks in the offseason kind of happened. It kind of felt like everybody was a little bit deflated from that. I don't think they were ever able to kind of pick up the traction again. Um, I don't know how DJ Smith was employed for as long as he was. Uh, God, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe he has some dirt on someone in the organization and he's just using it to, to stay employed. But this was a move long time coming. And if you're not planning on being a lottery pick team, then this guy should not have been there to begin the season. I don't know what they're going to try to do here for the rest of the year. They're obviously going to tell the media that they're here to win games, but you have not put yourself in a position where making a playoff spot is going to be easy. You're in a tough division. It's already running away on you. Uh, I, I'm very, I'm very curious to see is what the direction is going to be going forward. Because if I'm in that spot, having to decide that, I am not feeling, I'm not feeling like the luckiest man in the world. That's for sure. This is a team that truly, you know, you DJ Smith out, who's a below 500 win percentage in his tenure in Ottawa, and Alex Deprinket wants out in the off season. Right, wants to go to Detroit, to divisional rival, which you don't see too often, divisional rival trades sometimes. But Ottawa had to make that trade because Debrinket kind of forced their hand to a degree, right? Kind of chose where he wanted to go to an extent. And it seems like, you know, this is a team with Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla. I'm a Stutzla fan. I, I, I think Stutzla is a great hockey player. He kind of his persona on the ice feel like he'd be somebody I would be pissed at if I was playing against a little bit. But, hey, that doesn't matter. It's just... Biggest diver in the league, man. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard. It's part of his culture. (laughs) But but (laughs) the team that I want to highlight, Danny, maybe you agree or not, the goaltending, right? You spend so much money on bringing in someone like Jonas Carposalo. And I don't think there's a guy that's going to win you a cup. You you have certain contracts on that team that aren't a fit. The system is just not working. Maybe a coaching change helps. But does... Does leadership, as Parr touched on, Brady Kachuk, is that a factor, Dane? Is goaltending a factor? Or is Ottawa just kind of maybe think they have the team together, but maybe it's not the right team meshing together and they kind of have to reevaluate what they have in place? I think they have the pieces to be a lot better than they are. Do I think they're a playoff team yet? I think they're on the fringe. I mean, they're definitely not playing like it right now. But, yeah, the East is competitive right now. You have teams uh, in the Metropolitan that are playing out of their minds right now, Philadelphia being one of those teams. Um, Obviously, you know, the Detroits, the Buffaloes, and the Ottawas were those, you know, one of those teams we expected to, you know, take that next step in the Atlantic. Boston basically gave the fuck you to everybody in the league. We're not done. (laughs) <laughs> and and Tampa like Kucherov's putting that team on his back right now. Like he's they're sore. not they're not good. He's we lost sore. a seven. Edmonton lost a seven four game against Tampa. We outshot them by like forty shots, and that just speaks to you know having a, a world class goaltender compared to a not world class goaltender goes a long way. But back to the Ottawa Senators. Um, yeah, I think DJ Smith kept his job. I think he should have been let go at the end of the season. 
They gave him that one more shot. Obviously, they're not where they expected themselves to be at this point of the year. Um, their schedule has also been really weird this year. Um, they've had a lot of long gaps between games, which is kind of hard to, you know, build that, you know, momentum. And now in December, they're playing, you know, back-to-backs, you know, every week now, right? So, I, I, you know, you can't always blame it on the scheduling. I mean, the Detroit Red Wings, when they are in the Western Conference, had the worst travel schedule known to sports and, and still dominated the NHL, right? So can't exactly use that as an excuse, but I mean, you got Chikorin, you got Sanderson. I know Shabbat's been out of the lineup most of the year. You got Martin Zub, like on paper, they have a great top four for defensemen and they have a great top two lines. I mean, is it is it a depth thing like Edmonton where they're really struggling to get that secondary scoring? And then yeah, Corpusalo hasn't been terrible, but again, his save percentage is, you know, just under nine hundred right now. And you know, in close games, you need your goalie to kind of steal you a couple. And it, I think Ottawa's suffering a lot from what Edmonton's suffering, right? We don't have a goaltender right now, or we don't have a goaltender that's playing well enough to steal a game or two. And I think, you know, when your goalie stands on his head and wins you a game that you guys can, you know, you come off the ice and you go in the dressing room and you're like, that guy right there won us that game. No, Nobody else on the team won us that game. Our goaltender won us that game. And I think that does a lot for confidence. I think that does a lot for your, you know, ability to move the puck up the ice and maybe take smart risks with the puck. Um, that may lead to, you know, some offensive rushes that may, you know, turn into goals, but Maybe when your goaltender is not making that save and you're having defensive breakdowns, you you get nervous, right? And you're and maybe you're not making the plays that you would normally play with the confidence. So, I think the coaching moves smart. Um, I don't know if our, uh, our our former head coach from the early 2000s is the uh, the key to turn around the Ottawa Senators season. Mind you, they did have some success until they ran into Toronto in the playoffs. It's the last team Toronto owned in the playoffs, but. Uh, yeah, I just it's it's weird, right? Like I just I still just think that division's a little too top heavy, and I just don't think that Tampa and Boston are are ready to kind of pass the torches down to these up and coming young teams. And look, Detroit excellent start. They've been dog shit the last seven games. Buffalo is moderately better than the Ottawa Senators. And a lot of, you know, so-called experts, including us, would assume that one of those teams were going to kind of sneak into a playoff spot this year and maybe see Boston drop out, maybe see, I mean, I never saw really Toronto Florida dropping out. And, like, I mean, honestly, like, coming down to it, like, if I'm a betting man, I was never going to bet against Tampa or Boston just because they're a little bit older and they've had some success. You You don't go from having the most points in the NHL in a season because, and then you lose your you know, 38-year-old top centerman, and then you're just not going to make the playoffs. That's just not how life works. And that's not how the Well, they lost their third-line center, too, don't forget. They lost David yeah, Krejci. Well, they're still the best team in the fucking NHL, right? So, <laughs> hey, it's great. No, I are they number one, or, or is it L.A.? No, it's either them or uh, New York right now, I think, for the top of the standings. Uh, even Colorado's kind of fallen off a little bit lately. The Rangers and Jonathan Hayes is shit on his team uh, in an interview, which was quite interesting. But uh, Rangers first in the East, Vegas first in the West, Boston's third in the NHL. Yeah. Oh, no, it's good. 
but yeah, regardless, I just, I, I just think maybe, I mean, there's a lot of season to go, but maybe, you know, those three teams and I mean, you can throw Montreal in the mix too. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, that far from, you know, they're a goalie away the other two teams that aren't named Ottawa. Right. So it's, it's the, the Atlantic's a very interesting division. There's four really good teams and there's four up and coming teams that look like they're just maybe not there yet. And I think, I think Ottawa on paper has the best team, but yeah, they're they're just not putting it together. And I have a, a dear friend who who loves the Ottawa Senators, and I'll message him, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on with our teams right now? Like, like we're bad." And, and I don't is, get it. And the thing is that I'll mention too, and this is not an excuse anymore because if you are a playoff team, it's next man up mentality. If you have an injury or you have something happen, you need to prepare as the GM that, okay, I have two goalies that are my go-to. I need to have that third option that I can not really rely to be that star stud, but maybe to steal games when an injury happens. Ottawa has had injuries, Shabbat. You know, they, they've had injuries occur, and that does deflate momentum, that does deflate a team. But teams have all faced injuries this year. A lot of teams have, and I'll use Toronto as an example. They've actually played better when players gotten hurt. The legacy going in, you have Max Lajewa, former senator, going in. Like, who? You have these guys next man. But again, my point is next man up mentality. That when you're a playoff team, doesn't matter if you're supposed to be top team. Whatever. If you're a playoff team, it's that next man up mentality and find ways to win if you're a good team. And I'm not saying that Toronto is the only team that does that. There's so many other teams in the league that should have had to face injuries and had to face that adversity. And so it seems like Ottawa couldn't get it going. Then they got the injuries. It just got worse. And it just kind of tumbled, tumbled. And they couldn't rebound. And now they're in a tough spot to rebound. But we'll see. Crazier things have happened after Christmas going to the New Year's. Look what happened with St. Louis. I'm not saying Ottawa's going to be St. Louis. They're not going to come from a bottom team and win the Stanley Cup by any means, but maybe they can really try to really salvage this year. But I'm a fan of if you're not in a playoff spot by deadline, move out pieces, keep core young pieces, and try to get a high pick. That's But again, but if you're uh, Ottawa, like what, what do you do at the trade deadline? Who are you moving out? Tarasenko's Charu, one. Charu, I guess. Tarasenko. Tarasenko. I don't know about Chiru. Yeah, but like, what, what, do you, what are you going to get for Tarasenko? Because, like, the trade deadline's yeah. weird. Is he a guy that you're going to get a first for? Like, fucking Ben Sherratt when he went to whatever the fucking... <laughs> Robbery. Robbery, like, that trade. Robbery. Like, generally, you would think Tarasenko would bring in more, but aging guy, he's slowed down a lot. Does he have that much upside? Like... Is there better options? Like, I, I think a lot of teams that are, you know, going to the playoffs are generally pretty top-heavy on your on your top two lines. So if there's not a slot and you don't want to take a younger guy out of the lineup, does that really make sense, right? So, I mean, again, the market is set, you know, kind of around this time of the year. You know, that first big trade kind of happens around December, January, leading up to the deadline. So we'll kind of see what the price is, but... I just, I just don't know if there's a lot of value in moving guys. Like, and I, I think you know Claude Giroux, you know, is a guy that they want to keep around, and I think he's a guy that wants to be there to, you know, kind of mold some of these young guys, you know, and show them the way, you know, how to be a leader and stuff like that. And yeah, I just, I think beyond Tarasenko and maybe Dominic Kubalik, who's having a fucking awful season for them right now. Might be something you might be able to get a little bit for, but it's it's I I think it's kind of an awkward spot for the centers. And you got to look at a team that you know spent the spent the, a fair bit of you know 
things on on Jacob Chickering last year too, right? Mm-hmm. So Chikrin, you yeah. go from that that buyer, and then like you know you're you're in this you know spot where you guys think you're 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 kind of going to make a run for the playoffs, and then now you're not that team, and are you hit with player, reality, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the Ottawa yeah. Senators tough spot. Tough spot overall, uh, and if you're a Sens fan, I know a few Sens fans as well, and you had such optimism going into this year, but there was one Sens fan that mentioned to me, he's like, you remember him telling me, he's like, no, we're still not as good as people think we are. You know what? I didn't think he was right. So far, he is right. Now, fellas, there were a couple points we wanted to get to, and I'm going to get to two of them. There's one that I want to tease to listeners, uh, and it's one where Dane, Alex, and I are going to talk about goal songs. But I'm not going to get to that right now because we don't want to get into the time. I know it's going to get into some back and forth bickering. So for time constraints, we're going to get into two things. Alex Parr has a topic. He's going to address about Jordan Tutu. And then, <clears throat> pardon me, we're going to get into passing out our Christmas presents and also our Christmas lump of coal uh, to a team. A team of each is going to get a present and a lump of coal from the Game Sports Podcast Santa Claus, if you will, to wrap up this segment. Par, I'm going to give you the floor for uh, for the time that you need to talk about Jordan Tutu's book. That's one that we discussed you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this a few weeks ago. This tweet came out on December 10th. It's a little snippet from Jordan Tutu's book. If you actually are watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see uh, that what I'm talking about. Uh, just very quickly, I'm going to read through this. When I wasn't claimed by anyone, I went to talk to Stan. Hey, look, I said, I did you guys a, a favor by signing because you were stuck as far as signing another veteran guy. Now it's your turn to return the favor. I'm not going down to Rockford. Uh, my wife's pregnant. She's due in February. I'm not moving back and forth with my daughter and my wife. Put me on long-term injured reserve and do whatever you have to do in order so it looks right because I'm not going to play in Rockford. End of story. My shoulder really had been bugging me quite a bit. Stan said, get me an MRI on the shoulder and we'll use that as our out. And so that's what happened. I packed my bags and went down to Rockford for one pregame skate just to say that I was there and that I wasn't able to play health-wise. Then I went on long-term IR and never heard from the organization again. Clearly, we are lying about the LTIR, and it has now been proven by a player. So I just think, like, especially as a Leafs fan, there's so much lying going on in this league. So much. And then I think back to Tampa's Cup, where they were making the shirts about being, like, $27 million over the cap and laughing about it. And Kucherov gets activated day one of the playoffs. Here's the proof, folks. Here it is. There's literally a player now saying the LTIR is a scam. It is a lie. They made it up for him because he just didn't want to go. He had a little hissy fit and didn't want to go for very valid reasons, mind you. But that you're a player. You got to do what you got to do. How is this not a bigger story? How is this a thing that's just getting tossed to the wayside? I don't understand. As soon as I read this, my mind blew up. And honestly, this that's a perfect clip. Spoiler, that will be a clip on our socials. So if you see it on socials, I, you probably may have clicked because of that. And thank you, Par, because you're increasing the, the, the views, if you will. But that is should be a bigger story. We've been talking about a lot of topics on this, on this podcast for years. Shootouts, overtime, and that, those topics will be brought up again because me and Alex revisited that. But back to point. The LTIR has been a topic. There's been a lot of uh, topics addressed on this, and that is one, teams that are scamming the system, per se, to be able to get ahead and to cheat. But it's not that they're cheating. It is. But at the same time, they're finding a way 
to find a loophole so they can have the advantage to get the ultimate prize, which is actually a definition of cheating a little bit now that I say it out loud. It, it is. Let me refrain and say it is a way of cheating. I lied to myself right there speaking of that. And then it's it's teams will find ways. The Leafs are Robida Island, baby. Robida Island, right? That's what big the big thing is. Oh, you're not good anymore? See you later. Here you're gone. You're going to Robida Island. You know, not in Vegas. There's that as well when it came to last year, but when it came to the playoffs, it's a little bit different. I know the activated players a bit, bit less, not like Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay, same thing. And for Jordan Tutu to have that posted, it's written, that tells you right then and there. And I'm surprised a lot of people are not talking about this part. He roped in Stan Bowman, one of the most, like, revered general managers of all time saying, oh yeah, Stan made it work for me because I told him I didn't want to go. I, I, I mean, okay, sure. In this scenario, I don't think Detroit was very good when Tutu was around. It's not a lot of money. It's not really that big of a deal. So yeah, you know, we won't say anything, you know? But, but, okay, but then that snowballs into these playoff teams winning cups directly involved with uh, LTIR that we don't really know how legitimate it is anymore because now we have proof. Jordan Tutu said it. He's quoted Stan Bowman in it, and there hasn't been a peep about it. Not, not, nothing. Not, not. If I didn't bring this up to you right now, would you, either one of you guys have heard about oh, this? I heard about it. Oh, you did. I, I did. Okay. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I don't know where I went. So I would I love I to. I've just been watching like Sportsnet before. A hockey game. Wasn't even on. You might have saw it because I sent it in the group chat with the three maybe, of us. Maybe that's what I read it from. Okay. I don't yeah, think if we're I mean. yeah. talking about it, I don't think we would have talked about it. And I'm, I know I'm saying a media company out loud, but like I don't think it was on TSN or Sportsnet or ESPN. No, 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 no. It definitely wasn't. This, this never hit mainstream media. And that's the thing. Like, if it wasn't for me stumbling across a tweet, you guys wouldn't have heard about it. I would love to know if the people that are watching this have heard about it. And if they if they have or haven't, please let us know because it just blows my mind that this didn't blow up. And I just wanted to shout this from the rooftop as loud as I can to try to to push this out to as many people that can that can hear it, that care. I, I, I like, I think that's a great story. And I think fans, listeners, viewers, whatever, get involved in it. Let us know if you have heard it because – and, you know, Jordan Tutu is somebody openly that I'll say I've been trying to get on this podcast. That's convenient enough. That would be quite a quite a good guest to have and maybe a, maybe maybe good something that we would, of course, bring up because it is obviously in the open. But the LTIR seems to be something that the NHL needs to look into, and I thought they would have going into this year. And, and I'm even saying that as a Leaf fan. But you know what? What mm. what does that tell you that needs to happen? Does it need to happen that when people have surgery that they have to do the Aaron Rodgers where they take a picture in their operational or, or uh, in the operating room and they got their thumbs up or they got like what needs to, or show proof of surgery? Do are we getting to that point now that you have to actually determine and prove your injury to be on LTIR? Okay, because. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what you need to do is to prove you are injured to go on LTIR. Yes. They, they say medical examiners do the test and pass it, but is that all true? God, there's so many conspiracies. And oh, I imagine it's true. I'm a medical examiner. Yes. Oh, no, Jordan. No, I don't think you can play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, like, who's checking it out? A fucking doctor in Detroit or whatever, right? Like, they're not... Yeah, a doctor getting paid by the team to say what they want him to say. That's crazy. 
All right, we'll leave, we'll table that and revisit that, but that's a great topic. Please give your interactions below. And if you've heard it or seen it on any of our socials, don't, don't hesitate to comment on there as well. Our social media team, that is not fully me if people want to criticize. It's not Parwell Test. That's not just me uploading our socials. There's someone else involved in that. Uh, so there will be interaction if you would like it. The last topic, boys, because we're 18 minutes above. God, we are doing the, the usual game sports podcast notes. And... You said 15 minutes. We're at 35 minutes. Just throwing that out there. That's why. It's great content. You never want to cut that off. But the last thing that we'll do, and we'll try to do little segments at the end of a show. I know with football, we have pick them. And we also have the two-minute warning. We've got segments within the segments. And we're going to start trying to intertwine that with, you know, the top shelf segment or into our shows a little bit more just to create some more interaction. And why not in the joy of while I sit here in my my very nice dress shirt. This is a dress shirt, mind you. But it's kind of festive, right? It's got green. It's got flowers. It's it's more of a fallish color, in my opinion. But it's green. It's it's the holiday season. I don't have a Santa suit to put on for you. I do got a red suit right in front of me that I wore to my work Christmas party. But I'm not putting that on right now. I should have thought about that before doing this. But we're going to be Santa Clauses right now. That is me, Par, and Dan are going to be Santa Clauses. And what that means is that we are going to provide... And as we have... All right. That's speaking of goal hordes. We never really have that. Someone wants a gift. That. We're going we're gonna to give a present to a team and a lump of coal. And this is the implications. A team that has done well, a team that deserves a present, done well to this point, And again, a lump of coal, pretty, pretty obvious team that has not lived up to expectations. So I'll set the tone. Then I'm going to go to Alex and Dane last. I'm curious. We should all be the same answer. <laughs> I have two answers that are very easy for me right now. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, to be honest, I had to think about it a little bit. Uh, A team that I want to give a a present to because I think they've overachieved. It might be a little odd, but the Philadelphia Flyers. That's one of my presents. That's one that I want to give. Merry Christmas, the Philadelphia Flyers. You've definitely overachieved uh, to this this, this point in the season. Now, the team that I want to give a lump of coal to, I was really, I was going around if it was going to be, believe it or not, if it was going to be the Oilers, if it was going to be the Sharks, but I didn't want to go to the Sharks because they're rebuilding. That's just not fair. Uh, if it was going to be Ottawa, because, but again, I just feel like the expectation to maybe make the playoffs, there wasn't like you're supposed to. So the lump of coal I'm giving to is to the Kyle Dubas's Pittsburgh Penguins. That is where I'm giving lump of coal to. They're a game above 500, but they aren't living up to expectations. Uh, they don't look like they're going to be a playoff team, and it's just not looking good for Pittsburgh. So that's my lump of coal. Flyers, present, Penguins, coal. Par. I want to give two gifts because it's the season of giving. I don't, you know, I'm feeling festive. The Philadelphia Flyers, obviously, was the easiest one to tee up. But another easy one, the LA Kings. I did not expect them to be this good. They are absolutely stellar for... Oh, I'm glad you did, Dane. Well, I didn't. And I want to reward them for that with a big old gift of good luck, guys. Keep it up because I have Cam Talbot and fantasy. God, speaking of fantasy, Kegger is coming in hot. Kind of on a heater, eh? Heater, Kegger's back. He had to pay that fifty dollars. He realized he's got to set his yep. up. He realized he got make some money. <laughs> Sometimes you forget, and it costs you. <laughs> Dane, what is what are you passing out, Saint Nick? What are you giving? 
Oh, I mean, it's absolutely the Philadelphia Flyers. I think Johnny Johnny has that team playing team hockey right now. Four lines banging. Travolta. Carter, Carter Hart. That's what I was thinking, The guy too. that I said is the second coming of Terry Price for the last five years is finally somewhat living up to those expectations a little bit. My fantasy goalie. 9-19 save percentage. Playing great <laughs> hockey right now. I'd love to see it. He's going to lead us to the promised land if we ever get back to international fucking hockey one of these days. Please. Um, yeah, I think if uh, Philadelphia squeaks it even to a wild card spot, I mean, I really have a hard time seeing this team being able to sustain what they're playing at right now. Um, for you know the rest of the season, but I still think they can. I, I still think they can squeak into a wild card spot, and if they do, there's only one guy that should win the Jack Adams this year, and that's our boy Torts. I think. I think you got to give the guy credit where credits due. I think he's been able to kind of change his mentality of coaching. There's just a, a lot of old time coaches that have had you know this Mike Keenan esque mentality and mm, good players players nowadays don't respond well good to that example. right so I think he's been able to really change the his approach to coaching which I know that's easy right I, I, I think you know you're you're kind of set in your ways for a long time and you know John Tortorella's had success in Tampa I mean he he he, he never won a cup in New York but they had a hell of a hockey team for a lot of years in New York right so Great coach. They make the playoffs. Jack Adams, no doubt in my mind. If and, yeah, I think uh, fucking Edmonton. Edmund. Come on. Give it to him. Give it to him. Connor and Leon have no fucking presence under their tree. And, you know, and you know who really should have nothing for Christmas? Is Ken fucking Holland. Well, yeah. That team. Like. Jack Campbell was a risk, and it was a forced move because we needed a goaltender. And look, and like, I mean, the guy might get promoted to the East Coast League. This is how bad he's playing. He's four and six with like an eight eighty in the yeah, A. And, and our Bakersfield team finds himself on dominating the NHL or the AHL rather, and they can't win games with Jack and Nat. They have a good team, right? So, Bio. Uh, yeah, I just, Bio. I think you got to give the lap a call to, to Edmonton. They're for sure the team that is underachieving the most. Um, I remember Sportsnet came out with all their, you know, so-called analysts and who they were, who was going to win the cup. And yeah, they, the majority had Edmonton this year. And my God, they're going to be lucky if they even squeak in the playoffs this year. What a kiss of death that is. is- a great way to end the top shelf segment. It was top shelf in its entirety. We don't have time to get into the one topic as I mentioned about goal songs and a variety topic because I've learned now on this show officially that I will never say when we do a recording that it's only going to be 15 minutes. I'll not say that going forward yep. the rest of every segment as we're doing pre-recording that is. Live's a little bit different if we ever get back to that. But I will never say the time limit again on a segment just so listeners know so they can refrain from maybe chirping me about it, which hasn't happened yet, but it might happen because there's some fire content in this first segment that Alex Dane and I has have has given you. Either way. Nonetheless, this has been the Game Sports Podcast. We are going to – I am going to take a breather. Alex and Dane are going to take off for the rest of the night. Alex, I want to say thank you. For coming on, taking the time. I'm glad you're, you're feeling better. I hope your holiday season's yeah. been joy. It is our last show. I didn't say this at the beginning. It is our last show until after the new year. Uh, and we'll be back on January the 3rd, just to remind listeners. Uh, but I want you, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. You as well, Dave. Merry Christmas, Dave. buddy. Happy belated birthday. Show that picture. I only have one thing to say. Okay. Go blue, baby.
Go blue. That is a great segue. <laughs> the only thing that matters right now. Football in America That's and cute. football in Europe. Everything else, That's I don't cute. care. That Except the World Junior. But. Great segue into the next segment. Love that. This is the Game Sports Podcast, powered by 91 Network. Listen, if you've got a podcast, you want to air your podcast, start a podcast, 91network at gmail.com. Just reach out and it can be aired on there with all the other great podcasts, including ours, as well as Bitter Rivals, Average Jocks, Strong Minds, The Pack Sack Project. There's content on there for you to enjoy and be a part of. But again, thank you to 91N. This, again, the Game Sports Podcast. We'll take a breather. When we come back, we got a little in the pocket action. And just remind listeners, yes, I'm going to be talking about how I'm in the finals for fantasy football for the first time in seven years of doing fantasy football. Yeah, only seven years I've been doing it. Chirp me. Go ahead. Nonetheless, I'm in the finals for the first time against the birthday boy, Dane – or not – whoa, not Dane. Pat DeLuca is who I'm against in fantasy football. So I might do a little bragging about that, but EJ and Justin will always give us some great content. The fantasy <laughs> league that nobody cared about this year? Shut up. We'll be right back with the game sports. We'll be right back with the game sports podcast. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the game sports podcast. As your host David McKay Jr. continuing to host you this evening on the second episode of the week, the Wednesday segment of the game sports podcast. Whatever way you look at it, we are in the second segment. And what does the second segment mean on Wednesdays? You're wondering. Well, if you're new to the show, well, I'll tell you in just a minute. If you aren't new to the show, well. You already know what's coming. Okay, we got EJ. We got Justin. You got yours truly. It is the In the Pocket segment, which is our longest running segment, may I add, on the Game Sports podcast, formerly the Game Sports Show, powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. And in this segment, we're going to be talking in its entirety about the world of football that goes from local, regional, and national. And, yes, I took that from our original and first slogan of the game fun fact if you know you know nonetheless i am with ej russell i am with justin heichel the original ogs of the game sports podcast i'm going to go over first to justin heichel with his usual fantastic background and look at this first though we got a dog jumping in we love dogs here on the game and i'm sure you love dogs we all know me and heichel love dogs he adopted one from uh, local local organization here. Oh, the world famous sweet Dixie is here. Dixie, look at that, so beautiful, cute Dixie. Look. Right, Nonetheless, we are animal levels lovers here on the game. But Justin, let's introduce you, Justin, my friend. Another week, another episode, another segment. How's it going, my friend? Good to be here. Good to be back. Uh, we got some more good stuff to talk about. Uh, I mean, we're coming down to crunch time here, getting into the uh, the playoff race, heating up, and. Uh, the uh, also the holiday race to uh, keep your work ethic going also heating up right now <laughs> if you say so keep your work ethic going now secondly all the way in michigan if you will that's not too far from us actually we are border town with sue michigan but he is a bit away from sue michigan still but he is a cleveland's browns fan he came on the game sports podcast just by yelling in the background in a bar about shootouts to to myself and our another original co-founder of ours late scott nason and it's a great story you're gonna have to if you ever want to hear that story we've told it a lot on the show we will tell you but it's something that i always smile about to this day one of the original og still that i call him one only ej russell ej another episode another week how's it going my friend Yo, sorry if there was a big old beep right before I muted my wife. My mic. My wife is making some dinner right now. Oh, you need that and, dinner. And uh, the smoke alarm went off. 
that. Everything's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Everyone's Dinner's not burnt. Uh, just maybe a little bit of toast or something, or a little garlic bread, but we're good. Everybody likes a few burnt edges. Nothing burnt about what's about to happen today, except for the fact that the Steelers suck at football. The There's a colors. burn. First burn in the show. The the frauds have really came out, but I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. Even when they were up, I said that this is not the true Steelers team. They are overachieving. There goes my wife. Nonetheless, this week She's on getting the, the fire extinguisher in the pocket segment, we are going to be talking about. Uh, the world of football in its entirety. Last week, we gave a great shout-out to the Sioux Steelers on the local front and Jordan Hoover. And actually, Jordan Hoover reached out to yours truly uh, on Instagram through the Game Sports Podcast Instagram page. And I want to say thank you to Jordan for reaching out for the kind words. And we are hopeful to have him on as a guest sometime in the near future. Uh, and congratulations, to again, to the Sioux Steelers signing uh, Jordan Hoover, who's a former CFL player. But I wanted to make sure I gave him a little shout-out because he took the time to listen to the episode and to reach out. It was very kind of Jordan Hoover to do that. And, of course, the Sioux Steelers, uh, they appreciated the shout-out as well. Uh, nonetheless, EJ, this week we're going to hopefully have the two-minute warning where I hope EJ can dive into some NCAA action. People crave that on the show. We will try to allow the time for that. But to start off, we will get into some NFL news that may resort into last week, going into this week, or just overall news then we will have of course the pick'em which is our known segment for when you pick the winners of this upcoming week and we know it's a hot week in fantasy yours truly is in the finals in his fantasy football league and if you're speaking about the pick'em league for us the race is real tight right now if you will very very tight and very we're very excited to share that with you it's an exciting year now in speaking of nfl news what i want to go into first is Obviously, um, more news has surfaced in the world of coaches. We've talked about this last week a little bit more with Bill Belichick. Great clip on our social media pages. You can check that out. EJ was the forefront of that. But Bill Belichick uh, moving on from New England. But also, Har- the Chargers look like they might have found their guy, EJ. I want you to tell the listeners if they, if they do, if the rumors are true, who is the guy that they might be signing. Well, the rumors, honestly, on, on this week, I'm going to be honest with you. Dave, the rumors are yours to break. I, I actually don't know this one, and this is one of the very I few. Like Heike, Heichel, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. This is agreeing with me. This is one of the very few weeks where I don't have the scoop. And I I'm going to be honest. I wanted to do it because you actually chirped me about the name. Scoop I, it. I, 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 give I, it, I, and then I'll react. I, I, I don't know his, this. I said his last name wrong last week. Jim? Harbaugh. <laughs> oh, Jim Harbaugh is going yeah, to the Chargers? No, is that the, confirmed? No, the rumors have been that the Chargers are oh. in bringing in Jim as their next head coach. Oh, let me, well, I'll react to this right now. I'll cut you off yeah. right now. I'll react to this immediately. I, I think that these rumors are false because the, the rumor that I've heard is that Michigan is working on a four- to five-year extension with him that yeah. puts him just behind Nick Saban as far as dollars go in terms of football paid on the state level, right? A a lot of people don't realize Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, all these guys that are some of the biggest coaches of their their times, they're some of the highest paid state employees, okay, by the state. Uh, I I do anticipate that Jim Harbaugh after this run, depending on how things go against Alabama, I think you can anticipate a big five-year. After the Shohei Otani deal, I don't want to even 
anticipate what dollars could look like because I didn't think we'd see a $700 million deal for quite a while. I thought we were still looking at like, you know, 550, 650 max for like a 10, 11, 12 year deal. I, I didn't think we were going to sniff seven. So I think that, you know, th- this could be interesting to see how things go, but only time will tell. Now, speaking of Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> I like saying his last name. It's so fun. Uh, the Jim and Michigan were charged by the NCAA for withholding info in the 2020 probe as well. Uh, that was reported by uh, Bleacher Report as well. Oh, wow, I'm so surprised by this unique fact. <laughs> but Jim staying in Michigan, yes, that's right. See, listen, the, the, the posts that I've seen on social media and the rumors about the Chargers saying they're going to spend money, bringing a coach the way they want to look. You're going to have to look elsewhere. Okay, you might have a better chance of getting Bill Belichick to go to you in the offseason than you would with Jim going over to uh, the San Diego Chargers. Justin, I don't know if you have any reaction with the Jim rumors ooh, now. Ooh. Obviously, it seems like to be a financial a financial, uh, uh, you know, a financial thing with Michigan locked up. But it's, you, I, did, I, uh, yeah. you did the San Diego Chargers thing this week. It wasn't me. I did! Oh my goodness! I'm really happy gracious. about that. I'm happy yeah, about that this week. It wasn't me. Pew, 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 Dave messed up. <laughs> well, you know what? I like to say it. I, I can't believe I messed up with it. Wait, wait, let's rewind. The Los Angeles Chargers. Hold on, hold on. I have the perfect no, no, sound no, no, effect for no. this. No, 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 no. You're, we're gonna wait for this because I have the perfect All sound right. effect for this. All right. Ready? <laughs> this is this is Dave's messing up. Where would we go? Hold on. All right, somebody fill this in. Hold on. All right, here it is. Here it is. This is Dave messing up. <laughs> and the soundboard courtesy of go. not Riverside Platform. It is courtesy of the iPhone of EJ Russell. But I can't believe I said San Diego. My goodness. I guess I'm allowed to make mistakes. So Los Angeles Chargers. But, I mean, back on track, yeah, I mean, talking about the Chargers coaching search, I, honestly, I think they got to find a capable GM first. Uh, and, and let's start there and see what, see what happens now. I mean, if we want to play on last week's conversation with the Bill Belichick thing, I mean, he has a capable GM and coach, but I don't think, I honestly don't think that that's in the realm of possibilities. I, that's just, that's tossing a low hanging fruit out there, much like the, the Harbaugh thing. Yeah. EJ? Is it possible? And, and I'm going to throw this out there and I, and I'm, when I throw this out there, this is a noodle against the wall. Bring Anthony Lynn back. Why not? He he wasn't bad for the initial development of Justin Fields. He brought upon the defense that they've built upon now. Why not consider bringing him back either in an OC, DC, or head coaching position? I mean, defensive. I'm a defensive coordinator. I have zero issue with that. I they they need they need like a a Dan Campbell kind of guy to to lead the troops and then you need capable coordinators and capable like passing game people and like Justin Herbert I don't think is a bad pull as a quarterback. I'm not I'm not writing him off. You know, I don't I don't think that he's uh I don't know. He's, yeah, Herbert's he, good. He's Herbert's not, good. He, yeah, he's not a throwaway like people are saying like Mac Jones is looking like he's a throwaway. Justin Herbert is not a throwaway. You don't throw up 40 points a game and you're a bum somehow. It's just that you've had seven different fucking coaches, and yep. honestly, like I don't think. Oh, hell. there it was. I know, it, I did. Honest, it. Honestly, Hike, and you may not agree with this, but because he's such an Indianapolis Colts legend, 
But why wouldn't – yeah, I think you probably know where I'm going with who I think might be an option. Why isn't Jeff Saturday's name being thrown around? Why, why he, was a, he was a joke when he was with the Indianapolis Colts. I, let's, let's not pretend he that Jeff Saturday didn't get the opportunity with the Indianapolis Colts because he was an Indianapolis Colt. Like, he was a big name that they could put in there, and people went, oh, we trust this guy because he was a good player. He was good on TV. He wasn't a good coach. I, I think that the name that you should be throwing around or trying to get people to consider – Philip Rivers, or even why not consider throwing Peyton Manning's name around? See if he's interested. Put it out there and make him consider that he might be a head coach because all of us on this podcast can admit that he's one of the greatest minds in NFL history. Wow. He is on the television already. He's already done breakdown of games, him and his brother. And Same guests. thing they did with Jeff Saturday. He broke down games. They gave him a job. Now, we all know that nobody can call a game like Peyton Manning. For example, chocolate, chocolate, envelope, envelope, jet sweep, jet sweep. He, he has these things that he does and things that he sees in the way that he calls plays. Imagine being at the line as an offensive uh, commander, right? You are the play caller for your team, and all of a sudden you hear you go, Z right, post. You look left, you see it, the play. X left, zag, boom. Like, he can give you everything in your ears from left to right as you're watching. Like he's Why would he not be con- – Exactly. Why would he not consider being a head coach? I think he'd be a better GM than a head coach. But I think that if the Indianapolis Colts realistically want to consider bringing somebody back to the organization – to coach, Peyton Manning should be at the top of the list. He may not be willing to coach. He may not want to coach. But the question should be asked. They should be very active in their search, right? But I think Justin hit the nail on the head. you got to hit the GM, right? I think unless you're bringing a GM and coach situation, that, that's fine and dandy. But if you're doing separate, you got to make sure. I think you got to bring the GM for, in first. It's very important. And I think it's the same case for all sports. Bringing in a GM first to choose his coach uh, is oh. certain. LeBron James has been the GM, captain, head coach, and superstar. And Peyton Manning is one of those type of players, too. Tom Brady is one of those type of players. There are those guys. Drew Brees is one of those type of players. There are players that command that respect. Let's not pretend like that's not uncommon. But those type of players we don't typically see fitting into head coaching roles. I just don't see how tapping into Peyton Manning's brain is a bad thing here. Not bad. Let's leave it at that. I like that. Let's see what the listeners think. If you want to comment below on who you think the next Chargers coach will be NGM, comment below. Before we get into pick them, guys, I want to make sure we do a topic each year, of course, because I'm sure we got a lot on our minds. So, EJ, I'm going to go to you first. Is there a point to the table do you want to bring that's something from last week, latest news, or something in the world of football that caught your eye? Yeah, I, I do have a fair question. I think when you look at some of the top quarterbacks in Week 15 or whatever it was last week, you, you see guys in passing yards like Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins, uh, some of these fluky names. Uh, out of these quarterbacks that led Week 15 in passing yards, and I'm talking about the Nick Mullins, the Joe Flaccos, um, these no-name guys, who has the best chance of taking their team to the playoffs and being successful? Hike, you can go first. Well, um, because I'm riding this train now, um, I've hitched my wagon to uh, the flak attack. 
And uh, I th- honestly think like Cleveland has a very similar formula to um, the old Cleveland Browns, the previous Cleveland Browns uh, before they became the Baltimore Ravens and having like that rock solid defense and anyone quarterback could do it. Well, it, it's true. I mean, that's just how I feel about that. Um, I'm similar feelings toward uh, the Titans using the Houston Oilers uniforms. I mean, screw them. That should be. Speaking of that, can we not admit the Texans beat the Titans? They get the unis back. JJ Watts, right? Give them the unis back. That should be like a yearly thing. Whoever wins the season series gets the unis for the next year. That's fun. Is that not fun? Next time the Browns beat the Ravens, we get your Super Bowl titles. Honestly, I, I, I think truly. Justin, that the the teams, when I saw those, when I saw them wear the jerseys, it's like I wasn't even really a fan of the jerseys overall. Let me be straight with you. They're nice. That baby blue is pretty solid. You don't like the, the Oilers unis? They were. That that's the most Canadian sh- stuff you've ever <laughs> they were, seen. They were okay coming from the guy whose teams had the same jerseys for 182 years. Jesus had the same Steelers jersey. <laughs> like, and my team doesn't have any anything fancy hold on no 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 no. i can prove that's i can prove you that's not true because there's at least one game this year where dave show your jersey behind you see how those that that 43 see how the top of the three is rounded there's at least one game this year where they wore block uniforms so no they don't wear the same thing every time so jesus didn't pick these (laughs) uniforms because jesus is perfect and perfection doesn't need change here's what i will say though out of all of these quarterbacks that are on this lower tier, Joe can we not give Brock Purdy his flowers? He's leading the league in passing yards while being at the bottom in passing attempts. He leads the league in QBR. Brock Purdy deserves his flowers. I'm not saying that the 49ers offense isn't stacked, but out of all these second-tier quarterbacks right now, I think Brock Purdy is – questioning us is the elite i i don't think trey lance was pulling that off with that offense i mean like there's good offense though right when you got sam yeah mccaffrey in the back end what makes that team so deadly is that on any given snap the ball can go anywhere yeah whether it be run pass or motion and you don't know where it's coming from and when it. I mean, George Kittle can line up in the backfield. Brandon Ayuk comes back there. McCaffrey goes out to the right. Uh, the, uh, Samuel goes up. They, they can put anyone anywhere, and everyone can contribute. It's a deadly offense. And nobody. And I think the thing that most people forget, and hike. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll finish no, with this. You're good. You're good. No one on that team is afraid to block. Everyone is ready to lay the wood. Love that reference. I'll say, though, to answer your question, Flacco. I'll be – that's a pretty cliche answer. Like, it, it's wild. You sign you sign Flacco out, right, and he comes in and he well, does – didn't sign him out, right? He was on the practice squad first. Thank but you. Either way, you bring him was, in after – and look at what he's doing right now. That's impressive. I was kind of hoping that another team was going to sign him when they sent him back to the uh, practice squad the last time. That was uh, – do you know understand how weird it is for me against the Chicago Bears to be like, come on, Joe Flacco, like, <laughs> Dave, do do we have a bleep button or no for this? No, you can swear, but just just keep it. 
swear I hate I hate Joe Flacco. And I think you all know what word I really wanted to say. Like I hate him, but go Joe go. <laughs> Heichel, anything you want to bring to the table uh, for this week before we dive into our pickups? Well, I have to say it because I'm I'm like that the hit on Pittman. Like I am disgusted with how this went down, and I'm not disgusted with it in the way I think everyone thinks I'm going with this. Not the hit. Like, just, like, how everything's been handled. Like, why does he deserve to get suspended for the year? Like, I don't think some of these, like, I, sometimes there's shitty plays and players make bad, dumb decisions. I think in this case, and maybe just, the, I don't, I haven't seen the other hits. I'm not well-educated on what he's done previously to this. But two guys jumped. Like, Pittman's making a catch. He's making a tackle, and you've don't you have as much time as it that takes to sneeze to try to make a decision on what you're gonna do. They didn't make a conscious decision on I'm gonna hurt. Like, shit happens. That's what that is. That's a shit happens kind of thing. Like I don't, I don't think he deserves to get the year for it. I don't like make an example of him, but I I don't know. I think that's kind of a a bull. You know, a bullshit suspension there. That's I, I, that's my. I take don't on think that. that they're making an example of him by giving him a, a two end of year suspension. I think that to call it a, 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 a to end of season suspension sounds good. It's three games. Yeah, four games max, right? I I think it sounds good for the way that the hit looked. And let's not admit that Anthony that that Pittman. Wasn't a dog and, and handled this and walked away. Like this wasn't one of those injuries like where what happened to Demar Hamlin. Like I will say this, I thought that in that game, and I'm gonna say something that may sound a little controversial here, and I'm sorry if you don't like it, but if you don't like it, I really don't care. I thought everybody was a little quick to take a knee. Like yeah, yeah. it was a nasty hit, but. Have all three of us not played sports? Dave, you got a hockey jersey hanging above your head. I know you've seen a kid go headfirst into the boards before. Hike, I know you've seen a football play that didn't look good. Like, we've all seen hits that were definitely worse than that. Now, that wasn't a good one. I'm not going to defend that by any way, shape, or form. But I can accept the fact that it's an end-of-season suspension only because it's this point in the year, and it sounds good for the NFL. I don't think that the act itself was as nasty because I do agree with like, like at what point can you tell somebody, you know, you're playing one of the world's most dangerous games. Don't launch your body. This guy, like you've been trained to do 99 times out of a hundred. No, this one time don't. And you need to know that you don't like, that's a ridiculous thing to ask. It's just, I think that the hit itself looked bad. I think it was a bad hit. I do not believe there was any intent behind that hit. I think that it is a hit that the NFL wants to eliminate from the game. So they're going to call it a end of season suspension because it sounds good. But let's keep in mind, this is what two, three games. It's no big deal. Well, and it's not like the Steelers are going anywhere. That's not a slight Dave. That's just, it's not like you hear that. Can you say that again? Can you say that the Steelers are what? It's not like the Steelers are uh, going anywhere in the standings, upwards, anyways. Yeah. The... But uh, I, on, honestly, I guess like my issue with it is, is that ten years ago, 
we all would have been watching that on like the you know the sports center top 10 and everyone would have been like yeah you know what i mean like that's how that would have went and then i think 10 years i think 10 years ago we all went ooh, but like in a way that we accepted that it was entertaining and now it's become a issue of health like i understand i think the perspective has changed i understand like the you want to get that out of the game but I, I, I guess, like my long-winded, where I'm going at, with watch this. NASCAR for 500 laps to not see the crashes. <laughs> you know, like it of- just if, if you're gonna if you're gonna be trying to get shit out of the game and stop people with the head injuries, like how many garbage horse collar tackles do you see every week where a guy's just getting ripped down on the sidelines and you have no way to defend when you're getting ripped down by the back of your neck to stop getting cranked on the back of the head. And these are all out of bounds. They're getting pulled down. And the horse collar tackle, number one, is supposed to be a penalty that they never call. Oh, they call it conveniently. It's a convenient penalty. And then they hit out of bounds. Like, that should be, like, let's work on clearing, like, the little stuff up like that. Like, those big hits are going to happen. And nine times out of ten, they're not. So, So would you rather have robotic refs or human referees? Because I think that there is an element of the game that needs to be human. Hold Dave, on, go. Before Dave. You, before you, okay, before you answer that, we know this is a couple weeks ago, Hike. You and I talked this about up. how you, 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 uh, Hike and I discussed last week, and this was actually one of our social media clips a few weeks ago where we talked about, um, oh, my goodness, you got to make uh, the Mahomes-Packers game. It was the Chiefs-Packers game is where Heichel and I talked about the, 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 the atrocity, the, 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 the worst refereeing I've seen in a long time in a referee game when they missed that pass interference at the end, Mahomes, at the end, getting hit out of getting that called. It's like referees is something that we've complained about. And it's actually an, a thumbnail from a few weeks ago that says officiating is uh, really ruining the game. We Hot take, I disagree with you guys on this one. But I, I actually could have used a more inappropriate title. I'm not going to say it just to keep it, you know. 14A it's just it, to me it just it's a seems problem. it's it's a it's in every sport though it's in we wouldn't sport. we wouldn't be talking about the games even 50%. 25 years ago 25 years ago we have never even seen the angles that we have today exactly okay? it's, it, it, Thank it, you. it gives us it gives us something to talk about and it all the shitty referee no press is bad press you don't watch football to you don't watch anything on tv to not be entertained it's yeah, entertaining the refs suck People still watch WWF and it's it's predetermined. To be honest, I've, I'm back into it full time. I've been watching it every week. It's, CM Punk is back, but yeah, that's Strange Superstar is a loser. The 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 referee. And what hike? He went to AEW, right? He's yeah, a chump. he did, and he did, and he, I, I bought in on them. I currently have it going in the background. To be honest, I, I will say this: I was really anti Cody Rhodes, but I'm on Team Cody Rhodes right now. Yeah, that's uh, it's on my American Dream, my, the American uh, Nightmare. It was on my Spotify Wrapped this year that uh, his intro music. So a lot of I'm a I'm a bit of a I outed myself there. Speaking of wrestling, I'm still waiting for my two championship belts. The Rock is still the best wrestler. Of all time. It could get you like uh, I am. I am the world. I am the Rock of this podcast. Give me my give me my flowers. Where are my belts? Here's the thing. I have said this to the referees. I'm a a supporter of – listen, there's been people that support refs. Why do we criticize refs? Whatever. I'm not not here to try to attack them too much, but I am going to say refereeing has sucked. In the NFL, I think it's sucked. I think refereeing has sucked. I think it's been – and because it sucks, I mean it's because it's been inconsistent. I disagree. I I, I just – 
there's hits that are missed. There's it's it, too inconsistent. But I'm gonna give you the most obvious. I'm gonna give you the most you know, obvious comparison as to how I can prove this true. Like, are the replay officials getting it wrong many times? I do agree with you there, Dave. I think that the replay officials are significantly inconsistent. screwing this up. No, Bullshit. consistently screwing it up. Yeah. But they're inconsistent in the way that they I I interpret rules. But let's look at our officials, okay? And I want to look at the last game that Sarah Thomas, the NFL's first female official, officiated. Her line judging in that game was fantastic. I, I would like to give credit to the officials that are there. They are calling it to the best of their ability. And Sarah Thomas is a good egg, if there ever. And I was huge when she got that job. And I will continue to support her because she's a good official. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's a female. But if we ever see a female wearing the white hat, Sarah Thompson is going to be the first one to do it. Fantastic official. Watch her gameplay. She is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I've said it previously, and I'll toss my, my refing conspiracy out here again. But, uh, I mean, across all the leagues and all these suspensions we've seen since the um, gambling has gone pretty heavy here, I mean, you can find out that an NHL player's sister's dog was betting on North Korean marble racing through Russian VPNs, but we haven't had one single official anywhere on the planet, on any sport, have even a sniff around any... There hasn't been anything. Or do we just not... Is that just... Those ones get swept under the rug and the athletes get the examples made out of them. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am willing to believe that these organizations have done a good enough job to make sure that referees don't gamble on their own sport. And I think that it can be policed well, right? Like we go back to those ESPN E sixties, whatever of the, uh, the, the guys gambling on NBA games or whatever. I, I think that it is far less likely for that to happen these days because it's so much more trackable, right? We only hear of, uh, think of this, are there more officials or more players in the NFL? More players, right? Let's be reasonable. Yeah. We only hear of one or two guys every year getting suspended for gambling. I, I, I can reasonably believe that the referees are not. However, I do agree with Hike. There's definitely at least one out there that's doing it. It's just, uh, that's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're all doing it. I'm saying you just can't tell me there's that's at least no one. Someone is. Is it a factor on a game? Yes. yes and he's is. supporting the Steelers, that bastard. If you're on video, you see me moving to the side. As yes, that's a 91N hat as well. Little shout out there. As if to dodge the question. I mean, I mean, if if I had to bet on what sport the ref is who bets on games, it's basketball 100. percent That's my uh, that's my baseball being a close second. Uh, no comment. Baseball, base, hot take. I I think an NHL referee could control the game more than anybody else. If you're Wes McCauley. Th no, but think about it, though. In, in all of officiating, hey, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're baseball. To... I'm a big Wes McCauley guy. Are we supposed to do the hockey thing there? Are we supposed to... <laughs> oh, Dave, a baggy versus a soup man. I don't think I brought up hockey versus me, me, me. the entire segment here. I Was it me? Am I the guilty party? I don't know. I caught it there. I'm the guilty part. Ooh, bad. If I'm the guilty party, that's even worse because this that's is my not, idea. This is my idea to shame the hockey guy. Now, this is bad. Any, but no, but my point here is in NFL, there's 20 something players on the field at any time, 22. Five to six officials. In baseball, 
you have nine and nine. Right, realistically, it's like nine and four. So you're saying right? there's 29 players on the field then? But no, what I'm getting at is in hockey, there's 10 players on the ice. And you only have three officials. It's the lowest number of officials in the NBA. 10 players, three officials, but they're much closer to the action. And it's let's be honest, it is slower. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. NHL officials are some of the most skilled officiating professionals in the world and they are imperfect like they 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 don't they're not perfect every time everyone makes a mistake it is called the human element and that's what we have in the game is human element or are we going to switch it to robotics and it depend on ai and technology which is also speaking of robotics that might not it might not work and speaking of robotics you said i could say this i did my stepdaughter kylie behind me in the photograph Kylie, do you want to come in? This is live. Come give me a deuces. Give you, put your hands in the camera. She uh, and her team in sixth grade, seventh and eighth, qualified <laughs> for no. It's it's so no. It's a it's a larger range than oh, yeah, six, okay, seven, all right, eight. All right. We'll forgive you. She's in sixth grade. Uh, they cool. finished qualifying in robotics for first place. They qualified first place. Unfortunately, had a not perfect alliance and did not achieve the overall result they wanted, but they, they found a way to dig and fight their way there. And Hey, congratulations to the Gladstone brave bots boys. Great Thank name. you so much. Great name. I like that. Kylie. Kylie. Brittany's my wife. Brittany. She's the one that yells at us. She's your wife. She's my wife. How much? <laughs> Okay, we'll stop there before we get out of here. That hand. did not go well. Heichel, <laughs> uh, take it. Pick them before we get All right, out of so uh, moving along into the uh, pick em standings this week. Uh, so wrapping up week 15, uh, we little shake-up again. Uh, so my chub is miles long, back in first place uh, with 139 points. Heichel's uh, picks moved it. down to second. It's not, uh, with, it's not uh, solo first. No, it's well. You I don't know. A There's a tiebreaker. It's in there not. A, it's not a. But for right now, it's not solo first. Tiebreaker right, so at the end of the season, but right now it's right. not. It's a tie. So we're tied for first with 139 points, and uh, Dave is in last place with 138 points. Wow. So a solid one point spread across the board. Uh, May I well, point out too? Right before we started the podcast, I'm sorry. I know I like to hijack shit. Sorry, boys. <laughs> Before we went on the air, Dave was like, oh, how cool is it that we're all within one point? was literally the exact conversation I had with my wife right before we went on the air. I'm very disappointed in myself, but I'm very proud of you, too. I'll take that as a compliment. compliment. I think as an insult a little bit. No, no, it's a compliment. Take it as a compliment. We all got got 11 last (laughs) week. We got 11 right last week. That is true. 11 I literally right. had so many wrong the week before that I decided to gamble on sports because anytime I gamble, I'm wrong. I was like, oh, maybe I'll gamble and I win. No, I didn't win any of my picks, and I lost all my money too. Uh, it's the way it is picks, sometimes. Uh, I'm in last, right? So I guess yeah. I got to go first. Yeah, uh, you got to go first. I love that. I love that system we have. Yeah, joke. Uh, you know what's funny? We all have 62%, it says. That makes no sense. If I'm a game behind you guys, shouldn't I be like 61.8%? Statistically, well, over a long period of time, it does not decimal. Yes. Up, 
ground up nonsense. Read a book, okay. Dave. Go to college. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right that was, sorry the thursday nighter i'm not a fan of it to be straight with you Call, coming hot, hot out the gate not a fan of this thursday nighter easy pick though the rams are gonna ram the saints sorry Bengals and steelers look i'm gonna go in two directions in this i haven't been biased all year haven't true fact fact of everything i need a game that needs to be an upset game and a trap game and i this will also help me in the standings I am picking the Steelers over the Bengals. If I, I, I am picking the Steelers over the Bengals because also when I pick the Steelers to win, they or to win, they end up either losing or winning. But the odds this year have been when I pick them to lose, they actually lose. The odds have been this year when I pick them to win, they've actually win. So I'm going to pick them to win A as because I'm a fan and because I need a trap game to get me up in the standings. Bills over the Los Angeles Chargers. Yike, yike, yike. Colts over the Falcons make Heiko happy here. Seahawks over the Titans. Lions over the Vikings. It was actually a tough choice for me this game. A little bit of a tough choice. I actually was, was debating between the two. Jets over the Commanders. Packers over the Panthers. Texans over the Browns. Sorry, EJ. Uh, ja Jaguars over the Bucks. Bears over the Cardinals. Another tough one here. Very good game. Very excited about this game as well. Dolphins over the Cowboys. Mmm. It was so close. I, I really think the Cowboys are going to bounce back from last week, but the Dolphins will prevail. Broncos over the Pats. Chiefs over the Raiders. And not a laugher, because the last time they played the Raiders, it wasn't a laugher. Eagles over the Giants. And the Niners over the Ravens. 28-21 Niners over the Ravens. 34-14 Eagles over the Dominaville uh, Giants. Most points this week? You're going to be a little bit shocked. I think the Eagles with 34 points is going to be the biggest spread this week out of all the games. Yikes. Bad take, but I need a, I need a trap tiebreaker. That's another tiebreaker I'm taking. And the least points this week, Bill Belichick's Patriots. Heiko, you're next. All right. Um, is it well, is it hike before me or me before hike? Can I go here? Because sure. I want to very counter a few things Dave said. Hike, do you mind? All right. No, you can go. I'm interested. Again, not hijacking it or anything. Uh, no, no I also have... I do have Rams against Saints, however, in the second game. I do also have Pittsburgh against oh, Cincinnati, but I have that game picked that way for two reasons. Oh, Cincinnati, has won three, Cincinnati has won three games in a row, and Pittsburgh is at home. Mike Tomlin is their coach. I believe in the consistency of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, so I did oh, pick Steelers in that game. Dave, I picked that before you said it. I promise you know me. I always put my picks in ahead of time. I got Bills over Chargers, Colts over Falcons, Seahawks over Titans. I actually do have in the next game the Minnesota Vikings taking down the Detroit Lions at home. Tough game. I think that they here, – here's the thing. The Lions have given up a lot of points in the last five weeks. They have not been the defense that they have been as of late. And last week, Nick Mullins did have a good game. This is not just a team that, oh, Nick Mullins just had a good game. Josh Dobbs has had good games. Other quarterbacks on this team, including Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, three different quarterbacks have had great games for this team. That tells me that the offense has something special going, and they're at home. I'm going to take the Vikings here in a trap game for the Lions because they're looking to clinch that playoff spot. Give me the Vikings at home. Uh, I like the Jets over the Commanders. I like the Packers over the Panthers. Uh, sorry, I got to go with my... 
Cleveland Browns over the Houston Texans. However, I feel like this is a very winnable game for the Houston Texans. Give me the Bears over the Cardinals, the Buccaneers over the Jaguars. Uh, Dave, I agree with you that I think that the Dolphins at home over the Cowboys Yikes, I want is appropriate. To us. <laughs> is appropriate, but I got the Cowboys here. Nice. Okay, good. Uh, I got the Broncos over the Patriots, the Chiefs over the Raiders, the Eagles over the Giants, Niners over the Ravens, Ravens 21, 49ers 24. I think that's a tight game. Giants 10, Eagles 36. Most points this week, Miami least points, New England. Dave, I'm with you there. All right. Hikes, all right. Hikes original picks. I mean, my picks. I, mean, may... I wasn't too far off from you, Dave. I, I agree with a lot of the things that you said. The main thing that I want people to realize is that in that Eagles-Steelers game, if you're going to go pick that, they've won three consecutive games. Bengals with uh, uh, Right. The, the Bengals have won three consecutive games, and they haven't had their full squad in any of them. The Steelers yeah. are almost at full tilt, and they're still kind of barely hanging on. They just lost to a Colts team in which Trey Sermon had 88 uh, total overall uh, scrimmage yards. Uh, the Steelers are on the verge of kind of – Almost ruining Mike Tomlin's record, but I don't think they will. They're gonna play it close to right to the end of the year with his record. That's the. But yeah, no, uh, my picks this Tomlin will succeed. Some of them, some of them may favor my uh, hope for the Colts playoff standings, but uh, here we are: Uh, Rams over the Saints, Bengals over the Steelers, Buffalo over the Chargers. Colts over the Falcons, Seattle over Tennessee, Detroit over Minnesota, Jets over Washington, and that game was horrible to try to pick between those two teams. But Garbage Jets game. put it up on Houston, so I took your coin flip game of the week. Yeah, a hundred percent. Green Bay over Carolina, Cleveland over Houston because I need Houston to not win. Uh, Tampa over Jacksonville, same reason. Chicago over Arizona, Dallas over the Dolphins. New England over the Broncos on a Christmas oh. Eve stunner that we get uh, when you're cracking your hell own of a egg call. No, I will say this. Actually, I will say this. It's going to be a any call that hits. That's the call of the week. That's the call of the week right there. Clip that. I might clip that. Mary Bilmus. That's the one. Like, if, honestly, though, I, if I. If anyone caught a bit of the Denver game, I don't think that's week, crazy. Broncos New England can come out in their team that, again, Bill Belichick is still at the helm. They could find a way to pull that off. I think that's the call of the week. I think if Hike gets that, he should get a giant uh, I'm King Choder crown just for one week. Just Santa hat. I'll just wear a Santa hat. He might get the trophy if he gets that pick. But honestly, if you had to spend Christmas excuse my language, Bill fuck Belichick. you. He doesn't get a trophy. I haven't gotten my two championship belts yet. I know you. This was supposed to be a clean podcast, but you better bleep that out, Dave. Fuck yeah, you. No, he's he's calling out bullshit when there's bullshit. But honestly, if you had to spend Christmas, yeah, he's Belichick. crying. He knew exactly what he was doing. That sandbagging son of a bitch. All right, uh, Chiefs. Chiefs over the Raiders. Eagles over the Giants. Uh, San Fran over Baltimore. Um. 31 San Fran, Baltimore 28, 24 Philly, Giants 17. Most points this week, Buffalo, fewest points this week, Atlanta. Oh, Falcons. Oh, Damn, did you watch any of that shit show last week with the Garbage. 40 cent tickets? Not a bad call. Not a bad call. A 
ticket. Hey, uh, any other sport want to do 40 cent tickets? I'm your guy. I'm coming. I'll call travel. No, I won't. was there at Nickel Beer Night in Chicago. That's so cool. Where, uh, man, imagine. My God, I, I remember when you Demolition get, like, Night. If you haven't heard of Disco Demolition Night, do yourself a favor and just look it up. Remember Dollar Shooters welcome. at the back door? Man, I remember, Michigan? <laughs> I remember <laughs> Dollar Shooters at your back door. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Here we go. That's that's how we end up. You can't see that up and not expect me to say it. We have to go now to the ending of the show. That's that's is, it, is it a hate crime if we're citizens of different countries? No, no there's different rules okay. over there. There is okay. one thing I'm not forgetting this week, EJ. And I love you both. Spot for it. I put you on the spot for it. We got two minute warning, and then we're wrapping up. I want you to get geared up. NCAA feedback, if you got it. Obviously, the blue. You got Michigan. You got you got obviously you got Bama. You got you got some games. You got some games to talk about. Two minute warning is on you in three, two, one, lift off. I think the biggest game that everyone is worried about is Alabama versus Michigan. Michigan is ranked the number one team in the country. Alabama is ranked at four, a very controversial four at twelve and one when Florida State was still undefeated. I think that the committee did get it right in putting Alabama or a different team other than Florida State. If Florida State had their healthy quarterback, I think they are the number four team in the country. But the fact of the matter is they aren't. So that's the question that everyone's asking is what are the better teams there? However, I think the better game is Texas versus Washington. Texas is a team that did take down Alabama early in the season, but they did lose a game. Washington went through what looked to be not the easiest Pac-12 division that we've seen in the last four years. I think that Michael Penix Jr., a guy that's you know really earned a lot of his praise in that 2020 campaign in Indiana as a Hoosier, I think that he earned a lot of praise in that campaign, transfers to Washington. He becomes one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL, in college football, and I think he might translate to the NFL very, very well. It's two big curveballs, guys. Is it Alabama and Nick Saban or Jim Harbaugh in Michigan? I mean, these are two of the greatest minds in college football. It's a chess match. Chess match, excuse me. I think that in this game, based on the way that things have gone traditionally, I think that I'm gonna. I'm telling you when I say this, I take as much of my bias out of this as I can. I think Alabama does find a way to take down Michigan and get themselves into a position to win a championship. I think that Michigan is the better team. I'm going to be very clear here and say this. I think that Michigan is a better team. But I think that Nick Saban and the experience that they have coaching on that team matters. Texas versus Washington. Give me Washington. Alabama versus Washington. Give me Michael Penix Jr.'s Go Huskies. uh, Pac-12 NCAA champions this year. Boom, two-minute warning for the Hail Mary and the dub for E.J. Russell. Thank you, E.J. Washington is a Hail Mary. Hey, big Hail Mary. I I think Michigan is the best team. Michigan and Texas are the two best teams in those games, but whoever wins is whoever wins. You just took the breath away of a lot of fans, but Michigan – It hurt him to say that. It hurt him 100%. It did. I didn't enjoy it. Fellas, we are getting toward the end here. I uh, want to say thank you again for another great week. And if you didn't realize, I learned in the last segment that I'm no longer going to be saying the time that we have on each segment. Oh, for the next 15 or for the next 20 or the next 25. 
You know why I will not be putting a time limit? A, we're pre-recorded, but you also know why? And because every time that we set one, we don't listen. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This was doesn't supposed matter. to be done. Hold on. I can see the timer in the top right. This was supposed to be done at least 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it's like it's like when you just put like two beers out of the fridge, and you're like, all right, I'm just going to have those two tonight. Until I don't know I what you're talking about. Until I have two more <laughs> later. Love it. I'm just going to have those two right now. As always, my friend, thank you. We're off until July. No. January 3rd is when we're back in the action for recordings. A little vacation. There's a lot of clips from the show. I'm not going to lie. I'm the one who's doing the clips. I'm not the one posting. I'm not the social media guy. But I actually have about 12 clips saved for this entire segment. So throughout the holidays, there'll be a lot of content for you to enjoy and that will plug you back right to this episode for the Game Sports Podcast. And any breaking news, yes, we will have a podcast or a social clip upload at the very least if some breaking news happens. But other than that, Justin, we're taking a break till the third, my friend. And I hope you have a good Christmas, a good New Year's and everything, man. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess I got this well-rehearsed dad joke I've been saying all day because uh, yep. today was my last day at work. Joke. Too. Tell a joke. Uh, we dropped an F-bomb, a... you can tell the joke. No, no, it's just the, the C and I'll tell you assholes. this. That's, See you uh, next year. That's it. That's... <laughs> EJ, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, my friend. We'll see you in 2024. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas, Thanks for letting me tell the joke. Awesome. Love that. This has been the Game Sports Podcast, and this is a wrap for 2023. And I want to remind listeners we're back January the 3rd. Secondly, we've been commercial-free since September, since our reformat. That's going to change in the new year. Will it happen in January? It's remained to be seen, but we will be having commercial cut-ins and ads coming back. But you'll like them, I promise. That could be your usual ad and cut-ins. You're actually going to want to watch them, I promise you, uh, as I put a little fun face to that. Third thing, I want to make sure I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever which way you celebrate with your family, and a Happy New Year, uh, and ble- best wishes going into 2024. We appreciate everyone who's been a part of the Game Sports Podcast from the slum, but also any newcomers this year, any newcomers to the show, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms, including who powers us, 91N. That's 91 Network on YouTube. A lot of great podcasts on there. And the Game Sports Podcast, like I said, will be returning on January the 3rd. What a great episode. I want to say thank you again to Justin and EJ, but as well as, e, uh, as, well as Dane and Alex for their great work uh, as well. And I want to say hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to Dixie as well. We love our animals here on the Game Sports Podcast. And we also love you, the listeners and viewers. Until 2024, I'm here to remind you, keep your sticker on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. See ya!